This is the Woman of Revelation series with a friend of Medjugorje. Sincerely, think for a long time, it's enough to see that there's a fear out there, a pandemic actually, that there's something not right. Something not right. You don't have to be an evangelical. You don't have to be a deep Catholic on your knees all day long or Christian. But even non-believers see this. Something is amiss. That was a friend of Medjugorje on March 18, 2009. Welcome again to the Woman of Revelation series with a friend of Medjugorje. During the days of these broadcasts, many people have relayed to us that they have felt as if they have been on a time of retreat. Tonight's broadcast is one such broadcast. We could classify it as a mini-retreat. You could take tonight's broadcast and learn from this again and again and again to strengthen your walk with Our Lady. This was originally a two-hour broadcast, and like we have done before, we have shortened it down to just below an hour, and it's always very difficult to do those kinds of things because the content of the full two hours is always very, very good. But what has continued to amaze us in all of these broadcasts is how a friend of Medjugorje's words sound as if they could be said today. Now, we are connected to people all over the whole world. We're connected to the larger Medjugorje world. And there are two things tonight that a friend of Medjugorje speaks about the apparitions themselves. We've never heard anyone speak about these two things in this way. As a matter of fact, we haven't even seen anyone speak about them as if they've even noticed these two particular qualities of the apparitions. And as we mentioned in one of the previous broadcasts, one of the heartaches that we have had being involved in Medjugorje is hearing even some of the other things which are coming out about Medjugorje. And what they say is many times speaking about Our Lady as if she's someone who they barely know. Tonight's broadcast, you will be hearing from someone who knows precisely who Our Lady is. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje, March 18th, 2009. Well, today we had Mariana's annual apparition, which is always very significant. We know now Mariana has received the second of the month apparitions for messages that, that actually went for some time and then turned into monthly messages, the 25th with Maria. And this is not without significance. It's been said already that this is actually in preparation for the secrets. So we saw the interim of Mariana not having her apparitions on a daily basis from 1982. Actually, it began in Washington, the state of Washington. Mariana was visiting a priest, and from there went for interlocutions for some time, actually several years, and then she started giving messages, and it became known as the Day of Nonbelievers. The significance of the annual apparition is not Mariana's birthday, because her birthday was today, March 18th. But Mariana was told by Our Lady that it's not because of her birthday that she comes to her, nor chose that. Of course, Ivanka didn't have her annual apparition after she lost the daily apparitions on her birthday. It was on the 25th. Yaakov does not have on his birthday, but on Jesus' birthday, December 25th. And so Mariana has this, but it does not mean that her birthday is the reason for this. But a lady relayed that it would be something significant. This date holds something of great significance in the future, which is, of course, a prophetic statement. And one that should be a cause of great interest to us. You know, sometimes people say, well, you shouldn't be too curious. But the problem today we have is we don't have enough spiritual curiosity you know, what drew me to Medjugorje the first time was spiritual curiosity. I heard it and it piqued my interest. I want, what's going on there? I want to know that. And today you can mention Our Lady's appearing and you get a ho-hum attitude out of many, many Catholics. 
So this is something that we should realize that something great happened today. History was made. Are we overstating this? Well, 9-11 was a big, big thing that we are really suffering and affecting and coursing the world on today. Every time you go to the airport, to things happening in the Middle East, to everywhere, economically. Even all this can be tied to some of the problems we're suffering from now from that. So there's the, all the prices, uh, everything that's coming. We, we see this one significant thing in 9-11 started a, a whole course of action. that came right after Maria said on January 1st, 2001, she went up and had an apparition in which our lady told her, now when Satan's unchained, consecrate yourself to my heart and to the heart of my son. Now, everybody at that point thought Satan was unchained. But that's January 1st, 2001. And just a few short months later, nine months later, 9-11 hit, which changed the whole course and direction of the world. We're still spinning from this event. And so one event of just one building being destroyed and the course of the world taken from that point, things started manifesting. But we really see in the last couple of years, things really spinning out of control. And while Satan may have been unleashed, and we thought he was, but the way I've explained it, because people ask me often, well, I thought he was given a century. Well, he was. But remember when the Satan appeared before the throne of God and asked for Job, he says, yes, you can have him, but don't harm his flesh. You can do everything else to him. So he's at limitations. And the way I understand that is Satan had through this century a long chain. But when Maria was told on that mountain that night, January 1st, 2001, now when Satan's unchained, then at that point he's free. And we really see that now. You couldn't have imagined at that point the things we're facing right now in our laws, in marriage, and the way abortion was to come even there. You know, there was conventional abortions and now just the production, everything. The whole genetic scene, the cloning, everything. Nobody could foresee that it get to this point. And the hatred and the evil. And so Satan can't start his plan instantly like our lady comes and she appears in an instant and does the apparition. Satan has to build his system and he's built it. And as he gained momentum, I mean, we, we're hearing things from our government leaders worldwide. That's bizarre. Totally bizarre. You never would have thought that just a few years ago. We knew back then that things were very bad. But if you were told some of the things they'd been espousing, the lifestyles they were espousing and endorsing and saying everything's okay, nobody would have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. And that's just a few, eight, nine years ago. So we're definitely moving towards something closer and closer toward the events of the secrets and this day is significant because Mariana is one going to release the secrets to Father Pitar, who will have seven days to read, pray, and fast, and then three days to announce it, a total of 10 days before we know what the secret will be. And of course, what is the purpose of that secret is to correct the conscience of the world through some sort of way, and also to put belief into the apparitions. Now, as big as the event was 9-11, it's nothing. This is completely miscule compared to what we're going to be seeing. And so that's why we're so strong about building our mission. Caritas was founded, what, 22 years ago? And we've never stopped. We've never looked back. And we've always played catch up. We never get to the point where we, we feel we've done what we're supposed to be doing. So we get this long history of really looking at the messages, looking at Our Lady, praying and trying to live her messages and, and transmitting it to the people. And so with that came, you know, a strong direction we walked, and, and even Maria given us a special message, or Our Lady did in Italy, where she, she even commissioned us at one point as a community. There's a lot we look at the message for. It's our life, and it should be your life too. And with this said, we see that Our Lady's coming all these years, 
and she just told Mariana on the second of the month that your wounds from your sins are becoming greater and greater and are distancing you from all the more from real truth. You know, we've been with our lady 28 years almost. And here she is coming telling us we're growing more and more distance from the real truth because the power of the devil in the world today and his actions upon the conscience of man who's dulled, who's mesmerized, who's misdirected, who's off course very often, including us, everybody's affected, his immense influence into society and the way it's going is destructive. Well, we see destruction all around us from the economy to, to marriage to the womb to to the school, to the education system, destruction of everything. And that which is built upon Satan is, is good. We want to destroy it. And everything is falling apart behind our eyes. But there's a positive side of that. And we'll get into some of that tonight. But right now, let's read today's message from Mariana. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's March 18th, 2009 Annual Message to Mariana Soldal. Dear Children, Today I call you to look into your hearts sincerely, and for a long time. What will you see in them? Where is my son in them? And where is the desire to follow me to him? My children, may this time of renunciation be a time when you will ask yourself, What does my God desire of me personally? What am I to do? Pray fast and have a heart full of mercy. Do not forget your shepherds. Pray that they may not get lost, that they may remain in my son, so as to be good shepherds to their flock. Our Lady looked at all those present and added, Again I say to you, if you knew how much I love you, you would cry with happiness. Thank you. Well, there's a message, you know, and we can let this pass by with that prayer, with that reflection. And you do that, you miss history, because this is historic. The March 18th is going to be a day that's historic. One day your grandchildren may say, what were you doing on those days when those annual messages were given? And you'll want to say it. I was there. I listened. I participated. I acted on it. Today in this message, our lady asked four questions. And then she gives five spiritual statements of advice. That's a total of nine. Nine is significant, and it's in a novena. And, of course, our lady has told us before, do novenas where you feel most bound. So this message has great significance to it. It's important. And we'll kind of dissect those things all the way through because there's a lot said here. Our lady always goes beyond her words. And they're given very simple. They're not given in high-flying theological statements. But very simple, just like Jesus spoke. Simplicity. And so there was a lot said today, and there's a lot to understand. There's a lot to digest that will be digested a year from now, 10 years from now. It's still the same message. I'm talking about just March 18th, 2009 message. That being the case, we need to really see what our lady is saying as far as she's questioning what's in your heart. And she says, today I call you to look into your heart sincerely for a long time. You know, did you do that when you heard this message today? Did you find your corner? And she, that's, that's the word she's used once. She says, find your prayer corner. Did you go in a corner where there's blank walls? Why, why go to a corner? There's nothing to distract you. There's no TV. There's no magazines. Usually you don't hang a picture in a corner. And there's nothing in the corner. Go to a, your prayer corner, she said once. Why? Because she wants you to be there with nothing else but God. There's nothing to think of but God. No distractions. No cell phones. Nothing there. So when she says, look in your heart sincerely, 
get rid of our pretense, our positions, how important I am in my job or in this position or, or what I want to do, and just go to base, base me, me and my ego. Get rid of that ego. Go down to that you're nothing in front of God. And she says to do this for a long time. She wants you to enter into this. And then look. She wants you to visibly look in your heart. Then she questions you. What do you see in them? What do you see there? Did you even put this into practice? If it's the first time, put it in practice tonight. Over the next days. This is not for, okay, here's March 18th, tomorrow's March 19th. I've got the message. I'm looking forward to the 25th message coming up. A long time should you study this message. A long time should you act on this message. It's historic. It's in preparation for something that's coming. She wants your heart to be right. She says, what will you see in them? What is them? Your heart. She says, where is my son in them? And where is the desire to follow me in him? Interesting words. Immediately, I thought about the Muslims. Where is my son in them? And where is the desire to follow me in him? Because they have a great devotion to the Holy Virgin Mary. They love her. Mohammed wrote, she's the greatest woman who ever existed. Guadalupe is a Muslim name. Fatima is the name of Mohammed's daughter. They use prayer beads. All they have to do is tie it together and they got a rosary. They pray five times a day. But Jesus is just a prophet to them. And that's okay. Because if they love Our Lady and the moderate ones come to her, there's going to be a point where somewhere, maybe on a March 18th, she's going to step aside and there you got one billion people, more than one billion people, who's looking at her, whose devotion is her, and some illumination in the heart suddenly shows him, my son is God. What do you think is going to happen at that moment? Massive conversion. We're preparing the infrastructure, what we just did on Mesh.com for this. It's coming. It's a done deal. You think it's just happen chance that Guadalupe is a Muslim river? That's a Muslim name? Come on. No way. And that Mohammed said, the greatest woman who ever lived is the Virgin Mary. Even above his daughter, Fatima. Don't you see the threads that God's laying out? Prophecy never comes in a surprise. If you look, you can see it. Things are prophetic that you not know you can see the signs that trace it. And then after it's over, you really understand it. It's been said by some theologians, you can never understand prophecy until it's fulfilled. Well, ask yourself, just like I say, lady said today, think a long time about this. Why is our lady come to a place called Guadalupe 500 years ago, named after Muslim River that they can relate to? Just a little thing that calls attention to our lady. Oh, there's a tie. We love our lady. The place she appeared in and appeared pregnant. What's she going to birth? Conversions. Remember the message she says, just as I birth Jesus in my womb, I also want to birth you into holiness. She's pregnant in Guadalupe. So this struck me that way. And of course, this applies to many different things too. When it says the desire to follow me to him, strange words, to follow me to him. She wants you to do that. She has this coming to us with many prophetic things in the future that we should be in great joy about. But Our Lady says, where is my son in them, and where is the desire to follow me in him? My children, may this time of renunciation be a time when you ask yourself, what does my God desire for me personally? And so, what's in your heart? Is your first thought in the morning and your last thought in the evening, is it what you really long for in your heart, and you're insincere with yourself and you don't realize that? Who do you want to be your first love again? 
I know I want to be what was in my first love when I went through a second conversion, being raised credit Catholic, when I went to Medjugorje, the one I wanted to adore. Is that the focus of your attention? Who do you hunger for? What is your first thought in the morning and your last in the evening? How does that end? What is the things you're longing for? And what do you really want in this moment? Our lady gave a message October 30th, 1983. She says, if in the evening you fall asleep in peace and in prayer, in the morning you will wake up thinking of Jesus. Is that not awesome? I'll repeat that. If in the evening you fall asleep in peace and in prayer, in the morning you will wake up thinking of Jesus. So what is your first thought in the morning? What was your last thought in the evening? Ali goes on and says here, you will then be able to pray for peace. But if you fall asleep in distractions, the day after will be misty and you will forget even to pray that day. Profound statement. Our lady is today asking us, what is in your heart? Or is it really Jesus? Is my son really there? Do you see that in there? If you don't, why not? I want to be your first love The one that you adore The focus of your affection The one you hunger for Your first thought in the morning And the last when the evening ends The thing that I'm longing for I want to be your first love again I want to be your first love The one that you adore The focus of your affection The one you hunger for your first thought in the morning And the last when the evening ends The thing that I am longing for I want to be your first love again So seek you first, my kingdom Seek you first, my face Seek for things eternal that will never pass away. And seek me first for guidance when you have lost your way. I will truly lead you with the right hand of my grace. I want to be your first love The one that you adore The focus of your affection And the one you hunger for Your first thought in the morning And the last when the evening ends 
thing that I am longing for I want to be your first love again So seek you first my kingdom And seek you first my face And seek for things eternal That will never pass away Seek me first for guidance When you have lost no way Yeah, I will truly lead you With the right hand of my grace I want to be your first love One that you adore Focus of your affection One you hunger for Your first thought in the morning And the last when the evening ends Thing that I am longing for I want to be your first love again yeah, yeah. Mm. Our lady seeks for us to do some real soul searching and not superficially. And you're never going to do things in depth until you can get rid of all the distractions, find your prayer corner. Get rid of the things that interrupt your day. One thing that struck me in the beginning when Our Lady first came here to Alabama through Maria, what she did for people across the whole nation, across the whole world. I mean, people who have devotion to what some of the messages Our Lady gave from here is, is to find a time when you can have encounter all along with God. Another message is go out into creation, have an encounter with the Creator. And unless you're doing this, you're never going to have any real depth of searching your own heart and letting him search your heart, because we don't have the capability. We're so wounded. That's one thing she told Mariana. You've become lost, my children. Your wounds from your sin are becoming greater and greater, and are distance you all the more from the real truth. Preceding that, she said, I'm looking into your wounded and restless hearts. you become lost. Our Lady started off February, Lent, saying, In this time of renunciation, prayer, and penance, confess your sins, that grace may open your hearts and permit it to change. And then, of course, she went a few days later with that second of the month saying, your wounds and that your hearts is wounded and restless. And then now she comes on March 18th and she gives us a diagnosis how to heal that. Today, I call you to look into your hearts sincerely for a long time. Years ago, I can't remember or recall the year exactly. Mariana had an apparition in the yellow building behind the parish of Medjugorje, St. James. And Our Lady started the message off with saying, I desire you to meditate a long time on this message. And here it is, these years later, right? maybe it was 10 years ago, Our Lady says, your heart sincerely for a long time. And in that apparition, Our Lady appeared early. And today, preceding the apparition today, Our Lady said that she would appear at 2 p.m. in Medjugorje. And there's a lot that Our Lady does. One significant thing that I think is important to state is that we're not sincere. We get to Mass two minutes before without even reflecting on, on what we're about to do in Mass. Who's about to come to Mass? If Jesus is coming there 
Is it proper to be there two minutes before when you go to a, a concert or a rock concert or a rodeo or, or a movie and you get there early? Do you walk in there one minute before? Most likely you don't. Most likely you'll get there early because it's your entertainment. You want that or that's what's in your heart. What is in your heart? I can see a Catholic church when I'm out of town when, when it's on the hour or half hour and I just see all these cars whizzing. In. You don't have to look for the sun. Just, you see them one minute before the half hour, one minute before the hour flying in. You know, and if that was really God that's coming there, that we really believe that, would we be doing it that way? And a lady's trying to correct that. And one thing happened today is important to show that. And we'll talk about that after the break. This is the Woman of Revelation series with a friend of Megagoria. Stay tuned. A friend of Megagoria will return after this short break. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? No matter how you structure your future, All is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how that can be, you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, a couldn't-put-it-down book, thrilling, motivating, edge of the seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. Look what happened while you were sleeping. Order on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or call So I was saying about Our Lady's actions is always speak too, because she said once that she wants us to remember not only what she said, but what she's done. And it's not always words that speak to us. And today was one of those messages yet again that Our Lady did this, because she said, I'll appear at 2 o'clock. And yet Our Lady appeared at 1.53. Now, our watches aren't wrong, because we always check that. And we, we look at these things. You might be saying, we're too scrupulous. We're looking at time and the apparition. We read things, not into them. We read things, what are they saying? You say, what's the purpose of that? Well, we see people for years go up to the mountain. And I said this other apparition when I said about Mariana, I said, reflect on this message for a long time. I distinctly remember that. That was back in 96. We just looked it up. March 18th, 1996. Our lady gave the time. I don't remember the exact time of the apparition, but our lady came early for that. Why is the lady saying, I'm going to appear tomorrow at 8 a.m. or 3 p.m. or whatever, and then she shows up early? Today it was 153. Her apparition lasted four and a half minutes. Let's add 53 plus four is 57. Add a half minute there is 57 and a half. That left two and a half minutes. And so for the Catholics, it's typically showing up at Mass two minutes before it starts. They miss it. And you know what happens in Medjugorje? Often this is the case. We see people climbing the mountain. And I see this in Evans Perkip. Our lady comes early. And they miss it. So our lady's trying to change mentalities. You're not going to have me. She's calculated. You might say, that's kind of sly. I think it's pretty cool. You know, she's giving you a message. People that showed up today, and, and there are, and, and most of them are Medjugorje people because they've been there for years or, or they've been to many apparitions and they think, okay, you know, I'm promoting the messages. I'm doing this or I'm writing or I'm whatever. And so they run up the mountain right before and everybody's coming down the mountain. <laughs> I think it's funny because I think LA's pulling one on them. 
she says something. When she appeared in the beginning days often, and she just recently did this last time I was here before last. In fact, her kids had never seen this. Her kids are 12, 13. That's how long it's been since Maria did this. In 1988 here, she did it frequently, and it was typical in the apparition. The, the voices would disappear. They'd be speaking to our lady. You'd hear nothing come out as far as sound. And then our, the voice would come back, and they would pray with our lady. And they'd pray, Our Father, and the glory be. Not to help Mary because our lady wouldn't pray with herself because Maria or Yvonne, they were praying with our lady. And for a long time, I wondered, what's the purpose of that? It became clear. Because at that point, especially before Major Grace started, everybody said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy own Jesus. You go to a funeral, listen to the rosaries. It's so offensive. I can't hardly sit there at a funeral and listen to the rosary. But our lady wanted to change mentality. But what is prayer? Prayer is conversation with God. And the more you want to have a real strong connection, the more passionate you will talk, the more you'll plead. And so for those who've heard that, and probably one day we'll get a clip and let you listen to that, it is awesome to be in the room in the apparition and listen to Maria say words with Our Lady in unison with her. And it's not the machine gun rosary. I had a group of nuns here one time. We took them to the mountain. There was like five of them. I said, let's pray a rosary up here. And they're very full habited, very devotional. They start to our Father who art in heaven, I'll be in the name of the kingdom come. And I just stopped. I stopped them right at the beginning of the rosary. I said, wait, we call that a machine gun rosary. Let me tell you what our lady's doing. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Suddenly the prayer takes on prayer. The other is, let's get this out so we can get to the bingo game downstairs. And I've seen when I was a kid, a lot of women do that. Let's get the benediction, do our rosary, and let's get down there and win the money. And so we're all in this pace. Hey, we're going out to eat after this wake. Uh-huh. They all cry, and they get out there and do the machine rosary, and they go out to eat. So here it is. I laid it today. came seven minutes early. Do you think that she don't know what time it is when she told Yaakov, says, I lady knows what goes on even in my little toe. Because she's going to cut off those people. She's going to cut off the joy of being in her presence. Why? Because they deserve that. They don't deserve coming one minute before when everybody's been praying that three hours or two hours. So Our Lady said, if you understood Mass, you would prepare for Mass at least an hour before Mass. So see, Our Lady's bringing a new mentality about this. And this mentality is something that we need to adopt. We don't need to have our thinking and our ways. And this is a frequent thing that happens. I've seen habited nuns that live in Medjugorje, and they're rushing at the last minute. You know, before the apparition. What kind of devotion is that? Most of us, well, I'm busy. I'm busy in the movement. I'm busy doing this. Well, that's secondary. You know, that's Martha. Mary Magdalene did just the opposite. And that's what Our Lady told us today. She wants adoration. She wants us to adore, to look in our hearts and adore Him, adore Jesus. What's going on in that heart? So if we're so tied up with the world, we're running from here, running there, trying to get this, to squeeze in the apparition, you know, it's not that way. And of course, for over 20 years, we've knelt down seven days a week in the field, and we don't have Our Lady here unless Maria comes here. But we feel her presence. We have often felt just what we feel in that great grace of the apparitions when she really is appearing to Maria. We have often felt this in our rosary here. It's not every day, but there's some real strong times. that We knew Our Lady was with us. And I believe some sort of grace has been given to the world for this. If you want to have Our Lady, you'll be able to have her. God's given her a new authority to come be in our presence, not just to Maria, but if you need her. And she said that in a message. If you need me, call me. I'll come immediately. 
And she wasn't saying this to the visionaries. She said that to you and she said this to me. And so if you need this, if you want this, it's not if you need it, you need it. And if you want it, it's up to you to get that. And one thing I is doing is getting you to search your heart, to look at your heart and see if you have the desire to follow me, her, to who? To him. So you be there today at two o'clock and I'll appear and I'm going to bring you to him. And I come at 153 and then you get there and you're not prepared for it. So you can't follow him. Can you be in the proper frame of mind racing, running run lights or trying to get there to mass and then be in a proper disposition to have interior serenity necessary to celebrate the Eucharist? No, you can't. So a lady does something profound with this coming really today. And I think it's worth mentioning and contemplating that it wasn't just today. This has been a frequent, frequent thing a lady does. We've always wanted to be there. Some of the joys on Yvonne's apparitions on Apparition Mountain, as it's fondly called, is to be there in preparation, to sit there an hour, to listen to the singing and see dusk fall and go in the dark and see the stars. It's just a wonderment. I want that time. I want to savor that. I know in the field, it's often just when Maria's here or even in the bedroom, it's often just the opposite. Our Lady says, I'll appear at this time. And then she appears a little bit late. One time in the field, we were praying and we started the uh, Our Father, Him, and Glory Be is a typical anticipation of Maria coming. And Our Lady didn't appear, and she kept doing this. And I just savored that because I knew she was there already in our presence, and just it elongated it. And knowing she was coming, it didn't just happen so quickly at that time, and then it's gone. But we long for that. So what's in your heart? It, we long for it in our heart. And she says, what does my God desire for me personally? She wants you to ask that. What am I to do? And then she answers, pray fast and have a heart full of mercy. So we live in a time that we should be merciful, but at the same time, our lady is doing some corrective things, corrective measures. This timing is a big, significant thing. The fact that this is so actionable is amazing to me. So we have our lady. We have her in a particular way that we'll never have her again. And because of that, we have her every day. So it's important for us to grasp that when our lady comes tomorrow, at Central Daylight Saving Times here, it'll be at 11.40. And, of course, we're on our knees at the time of that apparition, which is 11 o'clock, and we prepare for that. We've structured our whole life around that, and it's a beautiful life. So Our Lady has led us to Jesus in a certain way. She's showing it through her actions. And so we have the preoccupation of our life into things that really don't mean anything. And we must evaluate that. And we must look at that in a sincere way for a long, long time. You know, if we go to Our Lady and we ask her for the grace to show me my pride, where have I deceived my mind? Are you in control? Yet have you already lost everything? Our hearts really are aching. She said your hearts are wounded from your sin, and it's causing greater distance. So if your heart's raking, if you're real with yourself, you'll see this. And so our lady's coming to us. All our motives are broken. The selfish dreams is our foolishness. I want, you want, we all long to be in our lady's love, even when we put material things in front of it. The material things cloud us. It gets between us and our lady. Those material things breaks that connection. And so if you really want her as your first love, what she wants to be your love, and one of the most beautiful things she said on here was at the end, that she says, again, I say to you, if you knew how much I love you, you would cry with happiness. 
When I read that today, we felt this in these eight apparitions four weeks ago with Maria here in February. There were so many special things I did for us because this was a private visit that you, you felt like crying. There was so much happiness with these eight apparitions. It's so beautiful. And many of you read this on Words of the Harvest. If you can't, you can look that up on message.com. And it's very well worth your reading that. So, yet yeah, so often we're fighting. We're fighting Our Lady. We're fighting our Lord. And we have doubts in our hearts. We leave our hearts without her presence, without the presence of Jesus. We rush to Mass. We even have people now coming to the apparition just two minutes before. And what are we building out of this? Are we changing? So with this aching heart that we have, Our Lady wants to fulfill that. She wants to come to us in a special way and give us everything, her son.
So what are the things you fight in your heart? And this message today is so beautiful to me because it it really says, let your guard down. Just be real with yourself. A lady gave a message once that said that. Be real with yourself. And a lot of us haven't paused long enough in spiritual life, much less the secular life, or much less the, the life that's continued in the way that the world brings us and lassoes us, that we're really entering into a, a deep thoughtfulness of where I am. Which way am I going? How have I wounded myself through my own sins? How has society itself wounded me? How much have I fallen? Am I really as smart as I think I am? Am I really educated in the way I think I am? What blocks me from knowing God in that particular way? So it's important that we always not let a day pass on the 25th, the 2nd, or March 18th, or, or another message without really entering into this. There's just so much that you could think of, and you could spend a whole day. How much time did you put into this message already today? And you said, well, my schedule didn't allow that. Well, our ladies already said, find a time you can encounter God. When that comes up, it may be early in the morning, tomorrow. You know, that's the time to do it. We speak to so many people, especially young people, and one of the things that we hear a lot from them is that they're afraid to seek what God's will is for them because maybe what God's will is for them is not what they want or it's not going to make them happy. And when Our Lady says to ask yourself, what does my God desire of me personally? What am I to do? Youth are pressed so much into right after high school, going to college, doing this, doing that, making plans for their own life without letting God reveal that to them. We see a dissatisfaction in youth. The people out there now saying, I can't find a job. There's no jobs for me. Well, who owes you a job? They don't even have the ability of just simple logic anymore because there's so much of the earth thinking and, and the wrong way thinking. So in the end, what has to happen? It's just like the song just says, you know, with all my broken motives, my selfish dreams. Is it God's motives that you follow or your dreams, which are selfish? Are God's dreams? What is God's dream for you? What does he want for you? And that's what Our Lady said. What does my God desire of me personally? Our Lady again gave that message. It says, surrender to me and surrender to God. How would you like to go to bed, sleep all night and wake up and say, today, Mary, I surrender my whole day to you. Today, God the Father, today, the whole day is surrendered to you. Not my dreams. Not my foolishness, not what I want, but I want to understand where you lead me. I want to be in your love. And if you say that and you do that, is your day going to be different than you say, well, I've got this plan, I want this, and I know God wants me to go over here and do this and do that. But at the end of the day, who will end up happier? The person who surrenders their will to God, to Our Lady, or to themselves? And so Our Lady's come Often, we had Maria here last July in the studio, and we was, we was talking to her a little bit, and she says, our ladies come to change our mentality. You know, we just think wrong. Why? Because we've been educated wrong. But we have a wrong idea about things. We approach things in the wrong idea, and we think it's the right way. And we think God's okay with it. Well, God's okay with your free will. God may not be okay with your decision, but he respects that and he allows that. Just like First Romans says, and I give them over to themselves. I don't want to go through no day giving over to myself. I, I don't dare want to just wake up in the morning, well, I'm going to do this, and I know God wants me to do this. Yeah, you fail through that through venial sin or your mortal sin. You fail through your weaknesses. But to get up and just sit there and know the Course, especially those who have gone to Medjugorje and, and work for this, or even follow Our Lady, and suddenly they want to say to themselves, well, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to do the messages. It's one thing not to fast because you're weak, but just sit there, I'm not going to fast. We ran across a priest one time and said, oh, I've been to Medjugorje. 
we were shocked because we had been talking to him for a while. And he says he's not interested in it. And we asked him, well, why? Why are you not interested in it? Do you believe in it? Oh, yeah, I believe in it. How come there's no interest? In other words, where's the spiritual curiosity about what, why is Our Lady coming? He says, well, Our Lady said to fast, and, and I don't want to do that. Do you think he's going to be happy? Because to whom much is given, much is expected. And if you're a priest, you've already been given a lot to be her son and to hear his mother say, I want you to fast, and to believe it and know she says it and say, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. I would dare say that would even give enough venue for the devil to take the priesthood away. It's a very dangerous thing. Better never to hurt of Medjugorje. You know, a better way to do it is sit there and say, well, I'm just too weak. I want to do it. I like to fast, but to just reject it, reject the message. You know, this is a serious thing for a priest, a lay person, or anybody. We have the youth who are so caught up in getting out and going out, you know, with the friends and things like that. And, and then we have a, a strong segment of the youth, too, also do want to follow Our Lady. And that's growing. And thank God that's growing. The problem is, is the assault against them is so much they still can't find the truth. Because there's so little truth out there. We don't even find it amongst sources that we think we could find it at. And by that taking place in this fashion, the shape and form surrounding the individual, especially the youth, our lady says the youth are in a difficult situation because their education system is shaping them in the wrong way. Their peers are shaping them in the wrong way. The mediums that come to them shape them in the wrong way. They go to bed now with their cell phones underneath the pillow in case a friend needs them at night. But the only friend that really needs it now is Jesus. Where is he? Is that the first thought in the morning because they thought about him all night? Is that the last thought in the evening? No. And I've often said that we don't have bad children. We don't have a youth problem. We've got a parent problem. And so Our Lady says also pray for parents who give bad advice. And we've got to realize that those shape and forms which surround these children is their parents. They're the first ones that bring them to God or away from them by their lifestyle, the material things, or ignoring them, or the strife, and on and on and on. This song that just played, one of the things I thought was beautiful, it says, how brilliant is my greed for what it says I need. is brilliant the way. And often Satan would be in that part of your conscience if you're motivated that you're lying there. And it's brilliant. Well, I need this because of this reason. Yes, that, oh yeah, I agree with that. You're not basing your conscience on Christian principles. You're not being led by those principles. You're not being thoughtful with God. So you're led in the wrong directions. You made bad decisions. You made bad financial decisions. You know, Peggy Noonan wrote something last week, March 12th, or actually around the 13th. She wrote a book about Ronald Reagan. She's Catholic, good writer. And she talks about six months after the collapse, the pandemic of fear. And in this pandemic, she started asking some people about what they thought about what was happening today in the, in the drama of the stock market crash and how everything's going and how many people are being laid off and what do we even call the collapse right now? Everybody's hearing about, you know, it don't feel like 1929, but what is it? Where are we going? People are unsure. And people's faith is in the economy. And it amazes me. I was talking to somebody, one of our vendors today. He said, well, I, mean, I can't wait till it turns back around. You know, do you realize what's happening? Do you realize this, this is from God? You know, she said something real interesting. That she asked a friend, a perspective, what they thought was going on in society today. And, and the answer was a, from a friend. It says a pervasive sense of anxiety as though everyone feels their own thin ice. And it's true. People know something's up. People know something's not right. And he wondered, he told her, he said, maybe a sense that we've had it too easy for too many years since 9-11. 
is the bygones are about to appear on the horizon. She asked another attorney on, that's in Park Avenue, New York, and says things look like they've changed and may not have come back. And he just contrasted to her and just discussing with her how people felt in the streets in 2001. Yeah, you know, things are subdued. And what, how brutal 9-11 was. There was real death of real folks, and they could see this, but they moved on. But today they said the dread is chronic. A lot of people are worried about this upper trajectory of society, the direction we've gone, that this peaking out of the way of our life is peaked out, and now we're, the trajectory is going the other way. We're headed down. Many people feel that. And so this has caused a pandemic fear. She even asked one of the tycoons on Wall Street something that was very, very interesting. She asked, he's well-known, he's a real tycoon, what do, you, what do you think? What should one do to be safe for the future? And she was shocked at his answer. Everyone should try to own a house, he said, no matter how big or small. But it has to have some land on which you could learn to grow some things. And then he recommended gold. Incredible. She panicked her so much because here's these tycoons saying that. She went to the mint the next day and said there was a six-week wait. She waited six weeks. And then she went back and said, well, they suspended even selling it. The demand's so big. Why? Because people feel they're on thin ice. Why? Because they're so, well, it's not deeply reflecting like I said today. Sincerely think for a long time, it's enough to see that there's a fear out there, a pandemic actually, that there's something not right. Something not right. You don't have to be an evangelical. You don't have to be a deep Catholic on your knees all day long or Christian. But even non-believers see this. Something is amiss. And so, God communicates to the soul. God communicates to signs. And so we see these things happening. And we see that this catastrophe is coming. It's intimate. It may be a, a sensation. It may be something just we feel that unnerves us. But when we look back and we look for these good old days, it's not there. She also talked to, I just remember, about, to a psychologist. He told her people feel the situation is unsalvageable. And that they have a psychological pandemic of fear. And the future of mankind, the future of the country, the future of the whole world is about to enter into a new way of life. 